Hello, this is Real Estate Insights, the podcast from Savills that finds its way into every corner of the property world. Today, we're looking at London and asking why, with everything that's going on, is there more development opportunity there than ever before? A lot of people were talking about mass exodus from the city. That really hasn't happened so far. And in fact, what we're seeing is almost net absorption from from other types of companies, fintech, for example. And if you're looking further afield than the current centres of attention, which are going to be the next hotspots? I think go down to Elephant and Castle, you see the level of investment that's gone in there in a pro-development borough uh, where there's potential for height. Excellent transport, Zone 1 location, Bakerloo line, to be in the west end of the city very, very quickly. I'm Guy Ruddle and I'm delighted to say I have with me four people ideally placed to answer those and other questions, immersed as they are in the London commercial and residential development market. Ollie Thurston is head of the Central London Development Team at Savills and was last seen on the Real Estate Insights podcast talking about life sciences. Ollie, welcome back. Hi, Guy. Morning. Rob Bushell is a director in the Central London Investment Team. He's based in the city, providing investment and development advice to his clients. Rob, hello. Yeah, morning, Guy. Good to be here. And good to have you here. Catherine Tilly is an associate director in the office agency team. She works with some of the biggest landlords and investors in London. She joined Savills last year, and we should probably call her Catherine Two Degrees Tilly, because she has two degrees, one in classics and one in real estate. Is that right? That is correct. Which was harder classics. I shouldn't say that though. <laughs> no, you shouldn't, but you just did. Anyway, welcome. Thank you. Uh, and Andrew Cox is a director in the London Residential Development Team, working with landowners on how to market and dispose of their assets. Andrew, welcome to you. Good morning, Guy. So, um, the figure in the research that I did that has astounded me, I think, is this, this thing that the amount of development property available now, right now, is equivalent to a quarter of all the development property that's been available in the last 10 years. Is that right? That is is right. I mean, it sounds um, sounds like a huge amount, um, and it sounds like there might be some oversupply on the development. But but to be honest with you, from from the coalface, the demand is out there for these sites. And in in fact, there probably isn't enough supply. And I think one of the reasons is, is because it's largely occupier-driven. And we've seen all this... Um, robustness in the leasing markets across central London, um, which has surprised certain people because um, a lot of people were talking about mass exodus from the city, especially in terms of banks going to Amsterdam, Dublin, Madrid, what have you. That really hasn't happened so far. And in fact, what we're seeing is almost net absorption from from other types of companies, fintech, for example, TNT, who are coming in and, 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 and are providing a lot of the take up. I, th- I think that's right. Just to follow on from what Rob's saying there, I think there's, there's two aspects to uh, the supply pipeline at the moment. You've got um, uh, appetite for opportunities where there's opportunity to hit the market quickly with space and tap into this um, occupier demand that Rob's just talking about. But then there's also the longer term redevelopment opportunities where uh, if you're looking at a 10 year development project, the political risks that are obviously out there are absorbed into other uh, development risks into the basket of development risks that any developer faces on a 10-year project. If it's not Brexit, it's going to be something else. There will be political change. There will be cycle uh, change over a 10-year project anyway. So in that environment, Brexit and politics doesn't look quite so scary. And who uh, 
Catherine and Andrew, who amongst your markets, where's the the dr- driving demand? Is it yours, Catherine, in in office space and the like, or is it yours, Andrew, in the in the residential? Well, I've, I believe Andrew talked about the residential side, but from the office perspective, as Rob already mentioned, you know, there's just been a huge uptick in the level of inquire- requirements and activity from financial companies. So, you know, 20% in the year to date of active requirements and take up is allocated to the financial sector, which is something, you know, normally attributed to the tech and media sector. So they are still, you know, they are knocked as you say, leaving London or looking elsewhere, they're looking to consolidate. Um, we're not seeing people necessarily leaving their traditional locations. They're trying to stay where they are. So that has been relatively robust from that side of things. Is it, so Andrew, I'll come, come to you in a second. Is, is, it, is it new occupiers or is it occupiers moving from somewhere else in London? Um, what we are seeing on the larger side of things um, is a lot of existing occupiers either looking to consolidate so you've seen a lot of people moving maybe east to west west to east and also people in obsolete buildings so buildings that are no longer fit for purpose and they have to move so they they have to look for more space and that's triggering a bit of a, a merry-go-round so to speak in some of the sub-markets we're and, seeing and andrew in, in in your world it must be new mustn't it i mean the the demand for residential property is so massive at the moment i think you're absolutely right we've seen a, a shortfall and the number of housing units come forward over the course of the last few years. And simply that if you take the majority of the house builders, they have huge targets to hit, as do the affordable housing providers who are very well funded by the government. Uh, that demand's not going anywhere. It's a question of affordability. And when you combine that with a very pro-development uh, stance of a number of the boroughs, especially uh, in the South Bank, you've got opportunity to deliver thousands of residential units. And is there a competition? I mean, maybe it's not a question for for you and uh, Andrew and Catherine, but it's a question for Ollie and Rob. Is there a competition between Andrew's world and Catherine's world for what gets the development? You know, is it? Is it yeah, I mean, I, I think I think that there there is and there there always will be. I mean, London is is a constrained land market, and and it, it's pretty active on all fronts, comparatively speaking. But you know, three, four, five years ago, we were faced in 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 a commercial sense with everything going to resi. It's now much more evenly balanced, if not favouring yeah, uh, commercial from a value perspective. I would say it's probably well in some of the more traditional central locations south let's take south bank office values have got to a point where you know if you're if you're looking at a site and doing your appraisals from a development point of view an office use probably would beat a residential use but you know going out going out of the center i think that's when residential might become more competitive so let's talk then about the south bank because that is the you know if there was ever a hot spot in terms of development that is it right now right in 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 london so why is it such a hot spot you know what is it about the south bank i think it's pretty simple people want to be there it's a pleasant environment um that gets i think it's 17 million visits per annum Uh, it's just a beautiful place that people actually want to live and work right and is that the key live and work or live I think work. So. I absolutely think so because it's such an it's such a pleasant environment and the way that you can walk up and down on the river w- with a plethora of different things to do uh, from borough market to Tate Modern uh, just the leisure opportunity is absolutely huge and what are the numbers like you know uh, uh, is it cheaper than 
for commercial than say the West End or Canary Wharf or whatever. I, I think um, oh, and Catherine's probably a better place to talk from an occupied perspective. But I think uh, absolutely the price point has been one of the attractors to, to people um, and the potential growth. I mean, if you if you look at 50, 60 quid a foot rents compared to double that in in prime West End and all the all the public realm and infrastructure and um, cultural aspects of it, it's not rocket science to see the, the growth potential there from a, from a rental perspective. And Catherine, are, are those rates yeah. still there, still low or are they actually catching up with the rest of London? They're not quite, not quite as, as, as you already said, as it's a lot more growth to come. So I think occupiers are still seeing value in that South Bank area. However, there's just no supply down there. It's got one of the lowest vacancy rates uh, across central London. So if you are an occupier trying to find space, you're generally in competition. So when something does come up, you, know, you can see why that ties in quite nicely with development appetite. And, and that's why we're, we're talking about the South Bank, because some of the big opportunities have come to market of late from a development perspective. And you've got ITV Studios and Royal Street and you know, big lumpy um, a- a- assets of, of scale, the competition is pretty fierce for them because yeah. you, you, you've got that critical mass and the ability to to move the dial from a developer's perspective. In terms of mix, is it is it the right mix? You know, Andrew was talking about live and work. You know, is it a, a good combination of residential and commercial and big commercial and small commercial? I think, I think it's essential that various different uses live and work together. I think it creates uh, more opportunity. I think. Office occupiers want to see active ground floor frontage. I think the, the planners certainly want to see that. I think the residents want to see cafes, bars, uh, those leisure evening opportunities. Yeah, it, and it creates the vibrancy that is I, inherently there. I think South Bank's got a very good balance. You're a good point, Guy. Um, and that's an attraction for both office and residents. I mean, moving on, I would argue, and I don't know the market as well as you guys do but nine elms you would argue i come through there every day on the train from um, wherever into waterloo and all i see is a lot of lot of residential towers and i don't know whether and i suspect that there's probably um pretty good demand for commercial down there but it seems to me the majority of the development so far has been residential i think that's right um, I think it, it's, it's going through a state of change at the moment but but traditionally as in up, over the last few years the the master plans down there have been very resi focused and it, it's changing now i mean there's more and more commercial I mean, there's, de- there. there's demand, isn't there? Absolutely. I think yeah. it's, it's great for for these larger master plans to have the opportunity, to have the option. If you've got a thousand unit master plan, you can chop and change and put a hotel here and put some commercial there, as many of the developers have done down there. What a great opportunity. So we, we've talked a little bit about then Nine Elms, but you, you, as Ollie was saying, you know, the... the the demand has taken up with South Bank. So South Bank's sort of almost done in a way. So well, I, let, I, I wouldn't necessarily agree with that. Sorry to pick you up, Guy. I think there's a bit more to come from, from South Bank. Because, okay, well, um, let's, let's, but, let's say there's more to come from South Bank, but yeah. also we've got to move further afield. So what are the, you know, you've mentioned nine L's, but what are the, what's the next South Bank? Where do we go from South Bank? So I think go down to Elephant and Castle, you see the level of investment that's gone in there and by developer Lendlease. They've spent billions of pounds on investment. They've transformed the former Haygate estate in a pro-development borough uh, where there's potential for height. And that's changed what was a, uh, a very low price point, a previously very low price point location to actually a price point that is in excess of £1,000 a square foot. On residential, because of the level of investment they put in there, excellent transport, zone one location, Bakerloo line, 
you'll be in the west end of the city very, very quickly. Um, I think that's an area which will continue to improve, both residentially, for student, for hotel, and for commercial. uh, Elephant and Castle is getting a lot of nods around this uh, uh, around this table so that's elephant and castle nine ounce have we done nine ounce should we should we talk a bit more about nine ounce i thought nine ounce was all about the american embassy but apparently it's about an awful lot more than that does, does it matter actually having it, it, uh, the, the, embassy, the embassy opening um and the the the, the softer infrastructure that, that is now in place does when you walk through there make you feel that actually this could become a new piece of central london up until now it's been felt like a construction site it has been a construction site and it's it is now starting to take shape there is more to come there apple aren't there yet but when apple land uh, assuming that that goes through um you've got some major uh, landmark occupiers there and there is definitely a feeling now that as more commercial comes through the master plans that actually that it is going to it is going to work with with all the success that it should down there and it's no surprise that the residential goes in first the retail and the coffee shops start to work and therefore the commercial occupiers then see it as a a location. Mm. Uh, At the risk of sort of jumping around a little bit, it it occurs to me that one of the things about Nine Elms is going to be the Northern Line extension which which goes there. That's bound to have an impact because it's a a transport link. Elephant and Castle, the same with the Bakerloo Line extension if that happens. So are there other areas of London which fall into the same category where you've got you know transport improving and therefore there are hot a future hotspot. I, I think probably the, the the most obvious one to me anyway would be Whitechapel, where you've got Crossrail landing uh, at and, some point. Uh, well, at some point, yeah. But it, it, you know the, the the trains are there waiting. They just need a few stations to 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 uh, to, to park in. But no, I think Whitechapel has got serious potential. Um, uh, to infrastructure-led uh, potential, but also planning policy, as, as Andrew is alluding to. You know, you've got a, a borough there that wants to see action and progress and development around the station. So, for me, that's an area to watch. Yeah, I think um, transport is key, actually. I think because we're seeing, obviously, aside from the fact that rental profiles are kind of balancing out in a lot of the sub-market, the fringe sub-markets, aside from Mayfair and St James, but we're actually seeing tenants are being a lot more footloose so they're happy to look elsewhere as long as the transport and the infrastructure is there is that so, right that's the, that so that might that changes london quite a lot doesn't yes. it if tenants are pro, i mean i think that seems that sounds like a a pretty important point certainly yeah i think i think um i looked at a recent report that we did called what workers want and we do this every every year and the last edition came out quite recently in the survey for which we canvassed thousands of workers the most important thing for them was accessibility to public transport. I think 77% or a, a very high proportion. So that was the most important thing for them. So you picked up on the theme and you can you can see all the areas we're talking about, including South Bank, because that started off probably with Jubilee Line. Um, is 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 a, a lot of the initiation is through through improvement in transport transport and infrastructure. It's just um, just an, another area where it's it's not necessarily a new piece of infrastructure as such. But if you look at somewhere like Canada Water, where you've got the Jubilee Line and and access to Crossrail, but you've also got the Overground Line, which with the increasingly um, footloose younger tenant um, population in the TMT sector, um, the ability to uh, provide access for the younger creative um, uh, employee f- workforce to get to work via the overground line is actually opening up new areas as well. So being able to get into Shoreditch, Whitechapel, um, and, and down south of, of the river is is a is, is a big draw. 
as a young creative worker, I can and, uh, who I, I, sometimes I, I, uses I, I, the I yoga and instead of the underground. Guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can attest to all of that. What about Old Kent Road? I've got a list here of places, and the only one we haven't talked about, we've talked about Nine Elms, Elephant Castle, Candlewater, Whitechapel, mm-hmm. Old Kent Road. What's love, love Kent talking Road? about the Old Kent Road. Um, I think the key thing with the Old Kent Road is, again, Southwark want to see housing. They've identified and allocated a large number of units or buildings on the Old Kent Road for housing. Um, Baker Lunar Extension still hasn't got its funding. That's going to be a key driver for the continuation development of the Old Kent Road. But it's a planning policy met with the demise of the retail park. Historically, huge retail parks down there. We don't shop like that anymore. The potential for density, height, lots of residential units, which London needs, and provision of 35% affordable means that there are a large number of residential consents down there. Has everyone warned you? Have you been warned about the, the Savile standout statistic mm. and the need to come um, up with yeah, one? I've got a couple, but I just don't know which one to choose. Oh, OK. People sometimes fear having to do a Savile standout statistic, but you all seem to be pretty enthusiastic about it. And Catherine, you're very keen. <laughs> so, oh, no. so what's your Savile standout statistic? Um, almost a quarter of the forthcoming pipeline development for the next four years is already under offer or pre-let. Wow. It's a business to be in. Who wants to go next? Um, Rob, I, I, Rob's, I, I, Rob's, Rob's I, looking slightly sort of smug over there. Not, you've got a stonker. <laughs> I haven't. Well, um, it's not. It's not a, a stat. It's um, kind of a bit of a useless knowledge or useful knowledge. But I, I, when I was doing a bit of prep for this, I didn't realise that Elephant and Castle a while back was called the Piccadilly Circus of the South. Is that um, right? And that and that is because it was so well connected. You know, Northern Line, Bakerloo Line, and at that point, buses were a very important way of getting around, and it had. Huge bus intersection coming into Elephant and Castle. So there you go. That is, that, yeah. I think that might yeah. be the best. <laughs> I know it's a good not a stat. Quiz fact. That's brilliant. I got it. That, that is absolutely right up there. Quite right. It's a pub quiz fact. Andrew, what about you? It's a shameless plug, to be honest. But this is the week of Brexit. Talk of general election. But in our land team, we've sold in excess of a hundred million pounds worth of land in the last seven days. Really? Genuinely. Wow. What have you done in the last seven days, Ollie? Well, that's a very good question. That's unfair. I'll ask you a different one. What's your standout stat? Following on Andrew's lead, from a plug perspective, I don't have a stat as such, but we are working on a killer stat at the moment with our research team and looking at trying to identify the premium over uh, the base of uh, market pricing for successful place-made mixed-use development, trying to capture that magic factor of, uh, of, of place-made regeneration. And once you've done it, you'll come and tell us about it. You know right? what? I might. Excellent. <laughs> guys, uh, well, guys, I use that in, in a, in a gender, non-gender specific way. Uh, all of you, thank you very much indeed for your time today. Have you enjoyed that? Has it been worth very coming much. to the yeah. studio? How's Good. Excellent. Well, I've really enjoyed it and it's been fascinating. And thank you all very much. That's it for this episode of Real Estate Insights. If all that's done is leave you thinking you need to know more about London and the development scene, you'll find plenty of research on the Savills website at savills.co.uk slash research. And if you aren't already a subscriber to Real Estate Insights, then please feel free to become one using your usual podcast provider. You don't just have to listen to future episodes. You can go back. In fact, Rob was mentioning what work the What Workers Want report, which we did a podcast about. You could listen to that one as well. In the meantime, thank you for listening. See you next time. This podcast is for general information only and should not be considered professional advice. 
Savills accepts no liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect or consequential loss arising from the use of, reference to or reliance on this podcast or its content. Savills makes no warranty as to the accuracy of the information in this podcast. This podcast and all copyright in this podcast is the property of Savills and it shall not be used, reproduced or quoted in whole or in part without Savills' prior written consent.